Hello, and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where I, your host, Matthew Whitby, sit down with people all across the world that I can, that I can say this week um, to chat about, you know, creating and publishing on the DMs Guild and the surrounding tabletop RPG space. And this week, I'm, I'm overjoyed to be joined by Alison, aka Jazz. Thank you so much for taking the time. Hello. How, how are we doing today? Good. <laughs> Sorry, I've so, I, I, um... <laughs> I, 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 I realised I had my phone on my desk and it started vibrating, so I oh, just no. decided to throw it away. Um, you, you were saying, <laughs> this is a smooth start. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So yeah, like, I'm, I'm Alison, also known as Drez. You might know me as Drezillion on Twitter. I am a DM skilled... Well, I guess like a lot of the questions will cover what my deal is. Yeah. I, I, so, but like, yeah, I'm... <laughs> Um, you might know me as someone who's written on the DMs Guild with Uncaged Anthology and Eat the Rich, um, and also as one of the instructors and moderators for the RPG Writer Workshop. Yes, which I think, again, as, as a sort of like, um, as I think, I, again, I, I always do this, I always accidentally date the episodes, um, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just, again, the, the, the next season, start, season is the next, like, workshop. the next workshop is about, I, I was about to call it like a, a seasonal thing. Um, I, I, I mean, I guess it is because yeah. like each workshop is like denoted by which seasons it's yeah. in. I, it could be, I don't know. It could be cool to be like, oh, welcome to season seven of the RPG Rise <laughs> Workshop. We now have loot boxes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, fantastic. And and yeah, no, you kind of kind of um, kind of <laughs> answered my first question there for like kind of what you've been known for. Um, but. I, I, so you kind of got your start with, is it, would it be correct to say you kind of got your first publication with, with Uncaged? Yes. It's a really funny story with Uncaged because um, before then I was interested in like D&D stuff and like writing for it, but I, I was under the impression that there was only a community on Reddit with Un Unearthed Arcana mm -hmm. and I didn't know that there was actually like a proper community for people who actually want to make money from this stuff and that's not from reddit which is not a website i am fond of yeah so yeah when i i just one day saw a twitter a, a tweet being retweeted onto my twitter feed and i was like oh that looks interesting i'll figure out something to apply with and i ended up doing that and i actually got a response and i was shocked because there was so many responses replies already that I was like I'm sure I'll just get axed because I have never done anything like this before but you know I was accepted and I wrote um an adventure at the tail end of 2018 and it was in the first un uncaged volume out in start of 2000 uh, 2019 and things just you know spiraled from there really just like realizing that there was actually like I could get money from doing this stuff because I was absolutely certain that I was going to get like 10 cents from the project and, you know, that'd be fine because, you know, I wasn't expecting anything from it to yeah. actually see that, oh yeah, this is a decent amount of money. This Sorry. is something that I can do for a, like, not necessarily for a living because that's extremely hard yeah. for this field, but like, it's not like money that's not anything to sneeze at really. So, so what was it about the the uncaged like call for authors that like, like what, 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 what like uh, I'm curious about like what was the pitch was like you know what I'm gonna throw my hat into this ring like this now now I wanna I wanna jump in. 
I'm naturally a person who loves like subversive narratives, just like making you like double, like question what you've always known and think, oh wait, that's true. There, like, there's some nuance here that I wasn't really thinking about because no one's ever told me to question these things, which was definitely the thing that got me hooked initially. And then I looked through the monster manual and then I got really angry. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was. So funny enough, um, so not too long ago, I had, had Mel on um, and uh, Mel kind of shared the same story about, um, was it reading, reading the Harpy entry? And that was mm. just like, I'm curious. So for, uh, for uh, not to, again, I don't want you to spoil your whole adventure, but which, which creature mm. did you do sort of like hone in on and it's like, this, this needs some work? Um, yeah, like mine is a major spoiler for mine, but if I don't talk about what my adventure is called, maybe people won't. <laughs> Maybe they'll still be surprised, but um, I use the Dryad because in the Monster Manual, they are specifically stated to be a female fae that got imprisoned in trees as punishments for falling in love with mortals. And I was like, okay, first of all, that is incredibly bad. Yeah. And secondly, that's like not how they are depicted in mythology and stuff either. So it's mm -hmm. like... You could have just gone with them, them just being tree spirits. Yeah. So yeah, like obviously can't really say much without no. spoiling. Yeah, no, I've got. I, I, but I will say that I did make my dryad into a warlock patron in Uncaged Volume Four, which I think <laughs> says a lot about yeah. how much I changed the dryad in my <laughs> adventure. But I, I think that that's kind of what again, it's 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 kind of the, the the freedom you have to sort of look at the kind of existing law that the again, because I imagine with the the Monster Manual, even though they try and kind of paint it as like agnostic to any particular setting mm. it is still very much inspired by um what was it the forgotten realms or yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah some of the other things and stuff like that and to have that freedom to you know detach certain elements that are like, well yeah, i guess the the, the the problematic um and stuff like that because i'm sure that, that again i think like all the fey out there that are just running about having having as many relationships as they want with mortals being mm. unpunished it's it's everyone i feel like it should be the case of like everyone should be punished equally <laughs> or, or, <laughs> yeah which, which I, I i i feel like that's probably not the <laughs> that's that's not the message i should be going for <laughs> <laughs> but no it's no it's it, interesting and then and then you kind of that was kind of your foot in the door and then you kind of yeah, yeah, from there definitely. you were just like well i just kind of want to want to keep doing this and i think it's so you you wrote for the uncaged volume one was it volume yeah. three and volume four uh, volume three, I did art for, and volume four, I did art and uh, the subclass for. Right. Oh, fair. So, um, a, 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 a diverse set of skills. And... Yeah. yeah. So, I guess as well. So, for the uh, some of the other stuff you've been doing as well, then, is it do you what's kind of the split of contributing art to a project versus contributing uh, some of your writing? It's definitely a case of how much time I have and whether I have a like clear concept for adventure for, because sometimes, like, I volunteer art because I like a project, but I don't have any ideas for. So like me doing art is like, you know, a vouching for the project basically. Yeah. And like believing that in its success and what it stands for. Yeah. 
yeah, and adventures are definitely, oh yeah, I like this and I can already see like where I'd go with this. Well, that, that's perfect. That kind of leads into my next, my next question then of like, okay, for adventures then, like where, where do your ideas typically start? So I take it for the Encaged example, it was, you know, using the monster manual as, as mm. inspiration, but for some of the, the other contributions. I tend to like to draw in fairy tales just because like, you know, with, um, monster manual stuff and stuff there's always an angle that oh there's already something that's well known but you can figure out an angle to like tackle it from that would be really interesting mm-hmm. yeah because um I think I was yeah with book of seasons and eat the rich I both drew on different folklore or and fairy tales and stuff and decided you know to go in weird directions with yeah. them and see where I landed up I mean, I guess it, it, it goes back to like some of the conversations I had about sometimes it's nice to give the players like adventure, an adventure like that is not cliche, but plays on like mm. creature comforts. It's the fact that like, mm. oh, okay, this is the, you know, this is the story of like Hansel and Gretel. Like, okay, these mm. two kids have gone missing. They've been abducted. Um, and then that kind of allows you that freedom to be like, okay, there's already the hook there. And yeah. then you have the freedom to play around. It's like, oh no, these Hansel and Gretel, they ate the witch. That's that, that's how this <laughs> one goes. Like, yeah. And is there is there any particular way that you like? Is do you do you typically go for like a more sinister twist, or is it more like a just like as much on its head as possible? It really depends on what I like, what the project you know needs, mm-hmm. and what you know, like what tone I want because um with my adventure for eat the rich which is um a mouse unusual scheme I wanted to go with a more light-hearted slapstick kind of adventure in which well it's based on the Pied Piper of Hamelin except the twist is that the bard that like you know is the Pied Piper she is like a good guy and she's gonna transform everyone into rats so they can infiltrate a castle and create havoc. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, let's just make the twist that. Pied Piper, but you are the rats. Oh, but, so and the, the kind of adventure takes place of like putting the players within the shoes of, or like transforming them into rats. Yeah, yeah. No, and I then don't... like, if they get hit prematurely and then they transform back into people, then they have to deal with other hijinks as well. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that, that that's actually like, um, something that I've played around with in one, like one of my adventures worlds, of just like turning the players into things, or just mm. like the the, sort of the possibilities that open up just by like shrink. Again, it's the classic case of like, was it honey? I shrunk the kids, or just mm, like yeah. the, take an existing settings and just make the players really small, and then yeah. the, the typical sort of like everyday challenges uh, become that much more amplified yeah, by yeah, being definitely. thirty times bigger. Um, no, I would keep saying, and then so with working on the, again so with with eat the rich with um book of seasons and then Kate, these are like big um big anthologies of like mm. m- in some cases multiple books um yeah how how do, you, how how do you find like navigating or working within that sort of like project scope uh well my background is that i did a game design degree so i'm definitely equipped to do group projects yeah. and i'm very familiar with discord so it's really a matter of like hoping that the, you know, and trusting that the higher ups will be able to communicate all the information they need from me so that I can do my part of the project. And I guess, uh, so um, how, um, I guess when it comes again, so the big part I imagine for these sort of big 
books is kind of like consistency. Um, mm. Has there been kind of like some like variance in the sort of how much freedom you have? Or is it quite like here is a adventure layout that we would like you to kind of adhere to? Or is it as long as it, it's within this word count? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious about like how, how that fluctuates. Well, a lot of the projects that I've been in are well, exists because of the Uncaged Anthology and therefore a lot of them draw on the same kind of principles of the Uncaged Anthology. So there's definitely like a lot of my projects are definitely similar in that regard. Obviously some might be more strict in like um, style guide and stuff such, but like for the most part, like, yeah, it's definitely like, oh yeah, hit a word count, um, make sure that, you know, it's reasonably structured in a way that, you know, people who are reading it will, you know, be able to comprehend it yeah. and, you know, you'll be good. Well, I suppose it, because what's it, I suppose it kind of makes sense that with the, the success of Uncaged um, and the, uh, what's it, that was, that was, that was, I, 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 was, I was about to doubt myself there, but it, it's, it's run by Ashley Warren. Yes, um, yes. It kind of makes sense, you know, the, the person who now runs the RPG Writer Workshop has a pretty, a pretty good method for getting people to write <laughs> yeah. adventures. Uh, Mm. And and that actually kind of again, if you don't mind me asking, now as a, a moderator and mm. being involved in the RPG Writer Workshop, what's what's that like? That's got again because every every again every season, <laughs> <laughs> um, it feels like that it's it's such an incredible buzz to see the sort of influx of like new mm. talent or people kind of getting their foot in the door. Um, what's it? Yeah, what's it like being on the ground floor? I guess <laughs> or just like <laughs> well. I can't really say that I'm like properly on the ground floor because as a moderated instructor, I'm not like one of the people that are like in the, the like I don't have any say over the website and I can't like make any changes to the website or anything. So I don't like have complete control. It's more to, to do with the discord itself. And in the case of like with being an instructor, it's a lot of emails back and forth. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, that's pretty straightforward. And with the Discord, it's a lot of, you know, reading all of the channels and making sure that everyone is being good. And for the most part, people are really good, which is surprising because I feel like, you know, the broad, uh, you know, spectrum of people that would want to get into making ventures is very broad and, you know, not, all of them would be welcome necessarily because, you know, there are quite some toxic, yeah. you know, viewpoints and everything. But like, if they exist in the workshop, they haven't really like spoken up. And I think it's to do with like things, how like a lot of moderators and instructors have like pronouns in their names mm -hmm. and like re regulars with like they, them pronouns, like are pretty, you know, predominant within the discord yeah. so i think for the most part that actually runs pretty smoothly a lot of the stuff i do as a moderator isn't actual like moderating stuff it's yeah. more like oh yeah i'm looking at the discord anyway i'll answer this question mm -hmm. that i can answer because of what i know as a writer myself and sometimes it's like stuff that i don't know myself but i'm good at googling so I will find information yeah and by conveying that information I am you know learning myself mm -hmm. and I suppose it, yeah it's, it's a, a polite way than the uh you know the website let me google that for you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, and yeah. Then, I guess I'm curious so more on the instructor side is that uh, mm. I, I, is that is that a case of like you uh, as I was, uh, again my head was in the wrong space because I'm like do you get a seven I was about to call them minions 
which which is really a, a bunch of um trainees or i, I I'm, I'm 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 failing to think of uh, the appropriate word for people who have joined the rpg right workshop that isn't isn't somehow dehumanizing um is it or is it uh, i'm curious like is it just like a you have a, a set number of people who are kind of under your wing or is it like an instructor in the sense of like you have a, a particular class saying that i'm you know here to help on this uh, it's more of a um ashley asked us to write an article basically or a lesson and like also write up the homework for that lesson and then like we do it we send it back to her you know we get paid it's a good time and then when the workshop is actually running um in the discord there's a channel for each of the lessons mm -hmm. and people will can drop off you know their lesson stuff in the, that channel and in the case of most instructors they can offer feedback and stuff my lesson is how to get a like your notes and your outlines into a rough draft. So I oh. personally don't have much to give yeah. feedback on because like, you know, you're either doing it or you're not basically. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I offer like advice and stuff. And I, so yeah, it's, so we basically manage everyone that decides <laughs> to join, but more specifically the people that actually decide to speak up basically. So it's less, it's more manageable than if like we had to like, supervise everyone yeah. that yeah, they, yeah super, supervising that that is that is a much better term than, than minions <laughs> <laughs> uh, no interesting and then i take it so with your lesson in particular then about taking you know rough notes and sort of getting into a draft does that kind of like mimic your own sort of like your yeah. work process yeah definitely um it's definitely uh, that lesson arose because in the uh, the workshops before where there was a lot of people going okay when do I actually start writing you know how do you actually do that and I was like that process that part of the process is kind of one of my favorite ones because I would just you know like get all my notes stare at it for a good while and then just open a new doc and then just start writing it. and I'm like and just like getting the momentum from just like getting all the stuff that I remember from my notes and just like translating them. And it's definitely not as straightforward for other people. It's so so I, it's like fun to be able to like put that kind of process into words in a way that would be helpful to other people. So, so if I, if I can understand right, is it very much like you, you have your idea develop, you essentially make a page or two of like hasty scribbles mm. that out of context may seem like, like for me i know that when i'm making those hasty notes out of context they seem like delusions <laughs> and, uh, and, and then it's the the once you sort of have that sort of blank sheet it, it well I, again i'm very much structure driven so i immediately <laughs> turn that into like a skeleton of like a, my document and then i sort of um, like flesh for it out me personally it is more of a skeleton more of an outline it's definitely like because again a lot of the stuff i do is in anthologies where probably other people are going to be looking at my outline before it gets turned into an adventure. So mm -hmm. I want it to be readable and I want people to be able to follow this and not like ask me questions that are simply not answered because I've not, you know, written them down. Yeah. So they're pretty like robust for notes, except I won't like go into every encounter and <clears throat> the nitty gritty of it already because yeah, my brain kind of handled <laughs> that, that early on. Like, it's like that's going to be handled on later in the actual adventure but like yeah my out my outlines are pretty robust and in fact i i think that that's kind of what the power of an outline is is the fact that mm. you're not it's not a like steadfast commitment 
It, mm, and yeah. some of the best creative work can happen as you're fleshing out an outline because yeah. you're like, originally I had written, like, I'm going to go for it, it's my fallback, three goblins. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, well, I, rather than just have three goblins, you know, just sat there, what can, what can I do with that's a little mm. bit more fun or dynamic? And on the outline, it's fine to just say there will be goblins here. Um, mm. But in the sort of fleshing out life, you're like, well, okay, let's put, you know, let's put one in a hat. Let's have the other two fighting <laughs> for the hat. <laughs> yeah. And they, yeah, that's, 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 I imagine not the most unique encounter in the world, but depends how fancy the hat is. Um, <laughs> and no, interesting. And, and you kind of like, so you touched on this yourself. So you mentioned that the kind of um, outlining or just the very first one, is, is, is that your favorite part of the project? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Just because I want to be able to follow my own line of logic. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, like, if you are too vague, you're going to probably run into problems that you're not entirely sure how to solve if you go straight into an adventure. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if you get too detailed, I feel like you just get bogged down in those details. So there's just, like, a, a nice middle ground of things, like, because my outlines are usually, like, a page or a page, uh, two pages long. So mm -hmm. it's enough that I can just have a glance over and be, like, okay, where are the things I'll need to figure out before I actually like go into writing the adventure? Like if adventure like only mentions one parent, then what have, you know, yeah. what's the deal there? Like, is that something that's going to be important? Like this, or this NPC only shows up for one scene. How could they be tied into the rest of the scene? Like in the adventure, like, are they going to be like a red herring? Are they going to be like pivotal to the final act? You know, those kinds of things. And then I, so I, I guess like, again, so to, to, to pop on your instructor hat then, and I imagine having looked at like a, a I mean, how, many, how many rough drafts would you say that you've looked at? Like uh, from, <laughs> it's okay, but, so I imagine it, it's a lot. Uh, is, yeah, is, yeah. Is, is that is that like what are like some t like, I don't suppose you have any tips of finding that right balance of like you know not being too like too uh getting the right amount of detail essentially is is there anything that you can it's really a true taste thing it's definitely a thing that you need to figure out as you get actually writing adventures and stuff because mm -hmm. it's definitely a you know no one shoe fits all thing um before I became an instructor, I did do a pep talk in a previous workshop where basically I did, <laughs> I, was, I was talking about this process of bridging the gap between notes and a draft, but I was talking in terms of a metaphor about <laughs> art because what I always go back to is, you know, the meme of how to draw an owl, step one, draw two circles, step two, draw the rest of the fucking owl. And I was, you know, I was thinking about that and like how a lot of people are going to feel that way about like being told, okay, time to start writing. And I was like talking about how like I have different processes when I'm dealing with art and sometimes, you know, because obviously some sometimes people will use their outline and build off on it directly to write the adventure and that's really good for some people but for me I could just not yeah. that would <laughs> think my, my brain would just break but that's still valid for other people so yeah it's definitely you, 
I can't tell you what would be best for you. You have no. to figure it out on yourself, but I will do my best to help you figure that out. No, yeah, no, I, I, the, the, the owl um, metaphor is, it, it is a good one because that, that idea of like, you see your notes and again, I, I, can, I, I can't even remember my notes for my first project. Um, I think actually I was using, um, essentially I would run a session with my party and then I would, I would use that, that sort of process of just DMing and creating stuff on the fly and then just sort of trying to turn that into, into like a, a product. But yeah, that, 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 that gap or uh, between like, you know, the, the notes on page and, you know, something that is publishable in, you know, whatever uh, mm. shape or form that takes. Um, I think I do, I almost have like, a, an, my process is very much iterative. iterative. So I, I, I take the notes, uh, let's say um, if like, if we take like, there's like a, a castle in, in one of the things. Um, let's, say, let's say if I have to design a castle that the players of rats have to have to sneak <laughs> their way in, um, I would probably start off by um, probably defining all the locations within mm. the within the castle and stuff like that. And I would have like the bullet point list of essentially all the rooms. Um, and then I think I probably from there, from each each room, I would go and throw in like a little bit of information about what you'd probably find in there and what's interesting about that room. Mm. Um, and then from that step, I think my, my personally, what I like to do is, is uh, in kind of mimicking the Wizards of the Coast, like hardcover adventure book styles, um, each room description only really has like, like three to four subheadings, depending mm. uh, on the average room, unless it's like, you know, the, the final boss room or something complex. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's what I try and do is like, okay, well, what are my, what are my headings here? And then that mm. I, immediately then I'm like, okay, well now I just need to write X or Y. Um, is is it kind of it kind of similar for you, or is, is your process quite different from that? Uh, well, um, this is like that adventure that we're talking about. Like that also had a bit of more narrative at the start and like at the end. So like, I was more focused on the overall narrative rather than the actual rooms because yeah. I'm definitely someone that like isn't so suited to like dungeons yeah. and those kinds of, like room crawls. But I will still have a lot of rooms in some of my <laughs> projects anyway <laughs> so it's like I definitely have the floor of like oh yeah we'll we'll deal with that later so they don't even factor into my outline I'm thinking about all the story beats and what I want from the like the overarching yeah. adventure and then once I start doing the adventure proper that's when I actually start figuring out oh yeah okay I want these rooms and and then I'll like flesh them out from there as like as part of the adventure rather than something that I've pre-planned obviously sometimes you know I'm not going into them like fully unprepared I have probably like thought of which rooms would be needed but then there are always the rooms that are like okay what else I need to fill this this castle that I set myself to make what other rooms would a castle need yeah. and then you know go from there i'll be i'll be hands down like one of my favorite like rooms that is you always expect in a building that i kind of love writing is is the kitchen because there's something mm. there's something fun about writing like an eccentric or like exciting chef because <laughs> he, like here's the thing is like even if you're in an enemy castle or like you know fulfilled with enemies or whatever it is you can have a a good or like friendly chef who is just like completely un unfazed by anything else in the world other than their own cooking, and it acts as like a like a, a, a sort of small refuge from from the party. But no, I, I kind of hundred percent agree in, in the fact that obviously um, everyone's mileage may vary of how they get those notes into mm. like an adventure format, and 
um they're, they're really like like again it kind of depends on, on, on what you're trying to focus on obviously I, mm. I i i get caught up in the details and that's why it it, it sometimes feels like i'm writing adventure like dungeon crawl after dungeon <laughs> crawl um but it's 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 and and, and yeah I, I suppose that's why why sometimes it can feel like my the stuff i write can almost feel like a series of locations that kind of have a thread connecting through whereas you know other adventures can feel more like a coherent story that mm. have you know again no no right or wrong way it's it's all good yeah yeah definitely well then should we go out, um again the so speaking about the opposite of good then <laughs> is 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 there any particular part of a project that is your um least favorite um i definitely feel like um the editing part is you know definitely something that i struggle with obviously it's very important please hire an editor they're very important but also, like, I think by the time I am getting to the editing stage, my brain has already started to move on. So, like, having to go back and, like, having to revisit things definitely, like, isn't my favourite thing. It's, you know, still necessary and, you know, I wouldn't, you know... <laughs> it's just, like, the other parts of the project are much more fun to me also. It's so that's why it stands out, but, yeah... It's just needing to revisit things and, you know, make sure they're like, because obviously it's always the fun part of an also necessary part of like realizing that some parts of your adventure don't make sense to someone else looking at it and like, oh yeah, details that you think, you know, would be really obvious aren't actually that obvious to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I say, it's it, 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 it's kind of a two-part thing because I feel like once you finish your draft and you send it off to your editor, like finishing a draft almost feels like the finish line nine times mm, out of ten yeah and, and realistically it, it's like eight tenths of the way it's like yeah. it's 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 sometimes it's a struggle to get there but it, it, it i i'm honestly like that sometimes when i finish draft i'm like done i never have to look at yeah. this document ever again and then the editor's like um excuse me hello <laughs> hello <laughs> um there's there's someone who you you mentioned by name and then they never appear <laughs> or, or, or whatever it is um but no i, I again I, I think uh i i so in in I, I, it is a catchphrase on this podcast to hire an editor um and i i can't i but what i kind of like i always seem to kind of emphasize uh, or maybe i don't sorry i don't emphasize enough is the fact that like yes it is good to catch all the grammatical mistakes of which mm. you know, i'm sure there are plenty um or you know you you need someone to point out you have like that i have a unhealthy relationship with the comma <laughs> 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 um but as you kind of mentioned that having that other set of eyes um because mm. it, it, again it, you 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 inadvertently always write in your in your own like in your own thoughts and mm. for the type of dm you inadvertently are mm. um and for the again, it's the things that you think are very self-explanatory. They just just need need the other set of eyes. Um, is is I'm curious, like uh, not to is is there any particular edits that you've gotten in the past minute to that kind of stand out? Just because I, I think there's, there's 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 one or two where I've I've, I've I think um, I'm trying I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. Uh, chances are I think it was when um, I had Sadie uh, edit one of one of my projects. Um, where, where it was it was just just the politeness of some of the comments going is this is, is this did you mean this <laughs> it's just because this is this is this is very I, this could be very different and <laughs> uh, 
None that I can really think of, honestly. <laughs> but like, I feel like a lot of the time I'm like, I trust what my editors are saying, you know? So I'm like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. You know, I'll change it. I don't really think too much of them after I've made the edit. Mm -hmm. No, it's, yeah, it, it's kind of fair, just because I, <laughs> I was about to say, sometimes, yeah, those things do get lost in the sea of red, um, <laughs> which I think it, it depends on on um, your editor and stuff like that. But no, no, it's, it's yeah, and I, so aside, I, I think it's sort of aside from editing is I, there's, there's, it's, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of curious because like with, with, with large anthologies in particular, I imagine that there is sometimes like a lot of gaps of time between, oh, you hand off your mm. final finished edited product to the kind yeah. of like the end release is mm. yeah I, I like i i always like with my personal projects i kind of like that freedom to be like i'm done with it i could release mm. it right now i'm very impulsive <laughs> <laughs> um and it's interesting in the collaboration that i've done where it's just like oh yeah i've i've uh, you kind of I, I i don't know if you have the habit of kind of forgetting that you actually contribute to something because it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely like like you know, there'll be like months go past and I'm like, oh yeah, that's coming out. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that's the thing I did. I, I, I remember spending a month of my time <laughs> and now it all sort of comes floating back. Um, yeah. Do you, do you like that sort of like time structure to sort of have, you know, that you submit your commitment to the sort of uh, like anthology and then you're just like, well, I guess I'm, I'm free now. It'll be out when it's out. Yeah, I, I do like that, especially like in like times where I am like working on like different anthologies at the same time. So I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, that's, you know, I don't think about that. I can like move on to this other project and like, yeah, I don't really have the time to really like mull on it until the project comes out. Like, oh yeah, that's a thing that happened. No, and, and then, yeah, no, so I guess, what was it? So across the, um, uh, so was it? So you, you've done for Uncaged, you've done Book of Seasons, you did, I think, was it your specific? Eat the Rich. Eat the Rich. Um, unbridled as well. Yeah, Unbridled, um, Unbreakable. Um, <laughs> is, is this consulting the, the, the catalogue of... <laughs> so check my Dropbox to see what it fits. Oh, was it Friends, like... Friends, fo fo uh, Friends, Foes and Other Fine Yeah, folks? yeah, definitely. <laughs> Though that one's more of a, an NPC book than, an, like adventures yeah i also did art for tw uh, 12 days of midwinter um <laughs> my thing right now is that like a lot of my projects currently aren't um anthologies so I <laughs> no it, uh, I, it looks like I, I, I imagine are not quite out yet <laughs> mm, yeah exactly <laughs> uh, i have I, a lot of like i will touch on this later i'm sure yeah. but like a lot of my projects right now, they are things that aren't on the DMs Guild and they are under NDA. So I can't oh, really talk about them. <laughs> so, so when I think about what projects I've done, I'm just like, what have I done yeah. that I can talk about? <laughs> no, but, I, but, no, okay. That's, I mean, that's, I think that that's, you know, that's, that's a sign of, of, of your success. <laughs> yeah. I feel like to hit the point of, of NDAs is a point of like, wow, this is, yeah, this, definitely. This, this, this is really cool. Um, no, it, and, and, I, yeah, I, I, the, I, 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 the problem I have is the moment I you you hear the word NDA, it's always like I need to be professional. I can't ask. It's <laughs> you, I know it's again, especially on a podcast, you can't ask. Yeah. But there's there's always that thing of like, 
it's 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 the temptation of not knowing what you don't <laughs> like yeah <laughs> but no it's 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 really exciting and um, and um i take it you kind of uh, like the success of um some of these uh, anthologies and and collaborations particular uh do you think they've kind of set you up very well for yeah. like yeah definitely like i definitely think like it's writing portfolios is such an interesting thing to me because I feel like with art it's like oh yeah you actually want to look at them and then you know, like see at a glance like what someone's capable of but with writing it means that someone actually like sat down and read my stuff which is wild to me and thought oh yeah this is good design you know this you know isn't incomprehensible and so, yeah, like, I guess people have, like, looked at my writing enough to be like, oh, yeah, I can recommend her or, like, I think she'd be a good fit on this project. And it's like... I don't envy the job of people who have to, like, assess adventure. Mm. Because, I mean, obviously there there is, uh, there is like, you know, ways of knowing a, a what sets apart, you know, a, 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 a mm. good adventure from, like, a mind-blowing best adventure in the world sort of thing. Um, mm. But I, again, it's I, I imagine like so much of it is is like like it's it's hard to because you're right you're you're reading the words that are in their ideal setting would be in front of a table of players, mm. and you don't you don't necessarily get that engagement from just just reading it. Um, and here's the thing: I enjoy like reading adventures. It's I, as an adventure writer, you kind of like it's a good way to kind of learn about you know what's kind of been done before and and pick mm. up like interesting tidbits and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 they're weird, aren't they? It's 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 yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not it's not it's not a novel. It's not it, it is kind of a game, but it's that weird mystery. Yeah, it's more of an instruction manual. <laughs> yeah, just with with more um, audience participation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, fair. Um, and then I guess so. I guess uh, uh, like if if you don't mind me asking, then kind of like across like all the collaborations you've done. Is there a particular well, adventure or uh, submission that you're particularly proud of? I think my adventure for Book of Seasons, which is called Until the um, Before the Pitchforks Come, is still my favorite adventure, even if like my adventure for Uncaged is way more well known than that, because it, basically it's a take on the Snow Queen fairy tale, in that like two children have gone missing up a snowy mountain, and you have to like you know, try and figure out, like, you know, where they went and, like, you know, rescue them before they die of hypothermia or something. And, you know, you know, going up the mountain and then realizing, like, you know, the big plot twists of, you know, who the Snow Queen is and, you know... Oh, oh the other thing about it is that the town that the kids ran away from is deeply, like, misogynistic and xenophobic. And it's just, like, I know this... I feel like it's definitely a very me adventure because it's um it, it was like and obviously with Uncaged I was you know really establishing who I was but by the time I wrote um uh, before the pitchforks come I was really getting into the swing of things of just like you know dealing with themes like misogyny and then like wrapping them with fairy tales and then like talking about subversions and stuff you know I think it's yeah it's definitely but an adventure that I had a lot of fun with. Mm -hmm. so, so, so yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's so basically it's kind of that, that yeah that kind of that satisfying point of like finding your 
mm. brand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah, it, or like, yeah, the, the sort of the, the, the themes. And it mm. sounds like, because what was it? it didn't, um, was that a uh, book of seasons? Like, was it the, uh, I, I forget was, the name. Um... Win- like, no, it's not called winter, is it? Uh, <laughs> Solstices. Oh, Solstices. Uh, yeah, I, there's no yeah. way I, I could remember that, uh, that word off the top of my head. Um, it, sounds yeah. like, it sounds like, again, with your adventure in particular, you kind of preempted uh, uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. You were ahead of the curve. But like, uh, yeah, nearly a year, I guess, because it was like released in December. Well, yeah. So I, I, I guess, like, again, um, my next kind of question is then. So with dealing with like, I guess, uh, like themes like to, to to use your example of like misogyny and stuff like that, um, I'm curious about like how do you, I guess. In, in like my new it's like how do you incorporate those sort of themes while I guess in the best way being not I don't want to again not respectful of misogynists <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, you kind of get what I mean is the fact obviously uh, in an ideal situation the fire obviously all tables kind of have the appropriate safety tools and stuff like that mm-hmm. but having those themes within the adventure themselves um, I, I, I'm curious if you have any thoughts or opinions around that uh, well, for uh, before the pitchforks come, I specifically set it in a town that you know. So basically, you could put it anywhere, and it would still make sense for that town to be misogynistic because they're so inshallah, and because they're in the mountains, they don't really communicate with you know other civilizations. So it's you know you don't really need to figure out how to justify it too much. Yeah, and I definitely do, um, with my adventures, set it in a specific location, even if it's, like, you know, a setting-neutral one. Mm-hmm. So you can really, like, figure out, you know, oh, yeah, okay, this is how this place works. I don't have to think about how the rest of the world thinks. Yeah. Okay, fair. So, so you kind of make it, like, yeah, this, it's insular, as, as you kind of mentioned. Mm, yeah. Like, fair. Okay, no, no, yeah, it kind of makes sense. And obviously, yeah, particularly for um, anthologies, I think, again, it's kind of having that ability to be able to just sort of drag and drop it that within mm, yeah, your, your yeah. campaign is, is kind of very sort of appealing um yeah and um with that like obviously i have themes that i stay far away from even if you know i do want to talk about deeper like deeper and darker themes like none of my adventures will f- um, feature homophobia even if it would make sense for like a villain to be homophobic it just doesn't show up mm. so it's really like if a dm feels like that's a thing they want to bring up then, you know, that's hopefully one, something they've figured out is on the table for their players mm-hmm. and, you know, that they can handle in a way that is respectful of their players. Yeah. yeah. So, it, like, it, that's just, that's not part of my, you know, adventure anymore. Yeah. I, I think I, it, it, it's a difficult balance, especially when you want to write, uh, like, particularly um, emotive or uh, challenging um, adventures is, is balancing that line of, like, okay, well, this is, this is this is uh, appropriate for the adventure, or mm. this 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 is now again uh, erring on the, on the part where it could be um, more harmful than it is is mm. yeah. the message and stuff like that. I mean, again, it's a classic ways of like there are many ways to make a a villain um, appear a villain. And, mm. <laughs> you know, there's there's you know the, the sort of thing of like um, he doesn't have to like kick a puppy if he just yeah. takes if he just takes a cat and puts it in a tree. <laughs> and that's that's probably good enough. <laughs> yeah. like, no animal cruelty needs to happen. Just you know, small small things like that. Um, mm. And and yeah, particularly of like I, I, again, a lot of people use D and D as like a you know escapism 
Um, mm, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's kind of trying to try and particularly balance that. Um, yeah. But no, no, again, I thank you, thank you for the, um, the response. Um, and then, to, I guess to kind of like summarize then to talk about your creative experience as a whole then to, to bring it all full circle in. Um, is there any, like, so is there any lessons that you kind of wish you'd learned earlier in the process? Hmm, this is, this one's definitely like <laughs> that I should have thought more about, but um, I, I feel like, I feel like my background has definitely like prepared me for a lot of the process. So there was, there's nothing that really stands out about things I could have learned earlier, especially like, uh, I'm definitely very lucky that like with Uncaged, you know, it was a very big project, a lot of people interested in it and like were willing to like, you know, proofread and you know look over things so like all things considered i had had a very lucky uh... so I, actually i again uh, what i to give you i guess i i, I was supposed to, say, to give you more time to maybe think about it but then i'm also going to ask you a different question which i don't think <laughs> <laughs> here think about this while you answer this one um what was I, you mentioned that was it you so you come from like a game development um mm. like uh what was, what was the name of your course because i'm also a game dev student i come from like a computer games technology yeah uh, my degree was just called like bachelor of designs bracket games oh nice oh, very, very straightforward one <laughs> was it the case of like it was like a, a design course that had multiple branches that kind of ventured on or no, no really, it's, it's a very interesting one that like, cause um, I live in Melbourne, Australia. I realized I'd never mentioned that because like, I assumed that it was going to be brought up sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's, that's I, my I dad in, as a host. Yeah, <laughs> I live in Melbourne in Australia, which has a very predominant indie game scene. Like mm -hmm. it's the, the city that brought Untitled Goose Game out into the world and like Necro Burster like quite recently and those kinds of things. So it's like, there is like enough of a games presence here where like a course dedicated to it is just a thing that exists and my university wasn't the only university to offer that either which is kind of wild to think about yeah. so yeah there's this whole ecosystem here already where you know people can learn how to make games it, it's curious though then obviously if it, it's like a, a like still the naming conventions of like design and then just like games <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. but no no i get it. yeah it's kind of similar in, in in the uk where obviously fortunate enough that uh, i think was it for, in the uk in particular and um, i don't know if this is interesting everyone but one of the largest uh, exports in the entertainment industry is the uk games industry so it kind of makes sense why universities are trying to you know get people um in in and out of university and, and all that but no it's interesting yeah I, again i i love it i it, it's 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 I, I, I feel fortunate enough to be able to occasionally use the stuff that I picked up in, you know, um, obviously digital game development, um, it, they're, they aren't like, it's not one-to-one -one. Um, yeah, yeah. again. And obviously all, all my, all my sort of lessons in, in, in programming don't necessarily apply to a DD adventure. Um, yeah. Other than, you know, these sort of abstract, like, okay, well, writing in yeah. a clear, concise manner, um, <laughs> which I think a is a bunch of if statements. <laughs> you know, I, you know, the one adventure I'm just going to write it as like, like, uh, like, a, like a, a script file. <laughs> this confuse everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like a series of like, I'll put in like a a, a, a for loop 
of just like you know and for for as you know as long as this person's still alive <laughs> God. It's, it's you know what i think that that would be a curious challenge to try and write a adventure as if it was a programming uh, like a program of sorts um oh, I, don't, I don't i don't know what that would even look like i don't think it'll be good um it's, it's something I, I need to emphasize um but but no yeah no and and uh, i guess i guess to pivot an earlier question then is there anything that if you were to go back to you know the the, the draz just just as uh you know they're about to start writing for uncaged volume one is that is that what, what any any wisdom you might share hmm. I, I there are definitely things that like i i feel because um uh, my adventure for like is definitely my shortest one um, because Uncage had a word count limit of three thousand, and a lot of my projects since have either had a word count of three thousand and five hundred or four thousand. Mm -hmm. So there was definitely like I was definitely scoping it down really small because you know in my brain I was like I've never you know writ written one of these you mm -hmm. know I need to make sure I don't like accidentally like blew this out of proportion. I definitely I guess. Now I have definitely learned how to like how much like three thousand words can fit on like if I were able to bump it up to three thousand five hundred, what would I add and mm -hmm. what you know would I still like not add unless I had a higher word count? I so but that's also a lot of things that kind of have to learn while doing these things. So I'm not sure like. If I wanted to learn that earlier, I don't think I could have. I, I must admit. I think writing an adventure to word limit is a very interesting challenge. Um, just mm. because, especially if you're, again, I, in writing my own adventures and stuff like that, I, 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 I don't give myself a word limit. <laughs> and, and that's, <laughs> and that's, that, that can sometimes be a problem because, you, you know, you, you, let it, you let your words kind of get away from you and next thing you know, you're, you're, you're drowning in them. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 again, it, 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 it's, it's a skill. And especially if you're looking at, you know, uh, being on projects where you sign NDAs, being able to write mm. to a word count is is, yeah. is an, a valuable skill. Um, yeah. Wow. No. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, I guess to kind of round it off, then, uh, like uh, to to talk about you know the community, the wider community as a whole, and and the the future. Um, mm. You've had the again. You, you've managed to work with I imagine like a a, a countless number of amazing people within the community. Mm. Um, is there is there anyone that you kind of want to like, or anyone who particularly inspires you, or you kind of want to shout out i mean i feel like mine was very obvious to anyone who's been listening to this whole podcast so far and that would be ashley warren because i do feel like like if i say that i owe everything to her she will you know tell me that like that's not true but you know i feel like without uncaged and without her like constant support and you know letting me moderate for her discord and you know being like, yeah, you can write for my workshop, you know, all those. And obviously the fact that like she fostered so many people to then start making projects. I mean, like that's the reason why there are projects called unbreakable and unbridled out there because, you know, that's a direct sign of like, you know, a nod towards the Uncaged project and just like, you know, her influence is so widespread that you no. can't, don't really think that something is influenced until you realize, oh, wait, yeah, I can see, you know, mm -hmm. you know, that this all leads back to Ashley. 
I mean, again, I, as I, I, again, touching on Ali with the sort of like season, the seasonal influx of, of new, it's, I mean, like with, with all the work Ashley has been doing and stuff like that, I mean, it's, they're almost like, I, I, I was going to say like the, the, the ruler or like the sort of uh, quote unquote, like paternal figure <laughs> of, of countless people of, you know, yeah. who, 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 you know, uh, under, under, you know, their, their guidance and the structure that yeah. they've kind of put in place to. Yeah, not to date this episode, but like, it was her birthday quite recently, and I did homebrew her into an actual warlock patron, so you can find that <laughs> off my Twitter. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, that, I mean, you know, that that's probably the most apt description as as like a, a patron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of like maybe not of necessarily you know um, like otherworldly powers, um, <laughs> but I mean, still powers all the same. There's there's, there's... very worldly powers. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Yeah, because of other worldly patrons, don't get ready for worldly patrons. <laughs> it's a lot more wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, again, yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I can only, I can only mimic and agree with. I, I, uh, I hate, I hate the fact that every time someone says, "Oh, this person inspired me," is I always say I agree with that because there's never a case where I'm going to disagree. <laughs> it's, it, it would, Unless it's someone you've never heard of and yeah, you're like, who? Never heard of them. They, they cannot be inspirational to you because I, this, this, <laughs> this, this one person has not heard of them, therefore. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, I agree, yes. <laughs> so I guess looking, looking to the future then, I, I'm going to kind of like do like, I, I, I'm, it's going to be weird, but I'm going to like pivot almost like merge three questions into one here, <laughs> which is going to be, it's going to, it's going to be very skillful, but uh, can you talk, if, as I say, as I, so what are you currently working on? And obviously if everything is under NDA at the moment, um, what are some of the things you want to work on in the future? We're getting the if statement in. <laughs> and, and with all that information, where's kind of the best place for people to hear about, you know, all, all your work and whatnot. All right, so um, yeah, all of my projects, well, most of them are on an NDA, but I can say for one of them is that I'm working with MCDM on the Arcadia project, which is a bunch of, you know, people are being contracted by MCDM to write articles that will be going out to their patrons. So, and I'm writing an adventure for that because that, like, well, everyone else is like writing advice and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to use this word count to write what I know best. Um, I'm also, well, I've ceased uh, actual working on it for like quite a few months already, but I am, I have contributed to D&D for BLM, which is a charity zine that will be going out on DMs Guild soon, TM. Uh, you can, the best way to keep track of that is to follow them at D&D for BLM on Twitter for updates, but like, yeah, all proceeds are going to charity for, you know, the BL, you know, for I think NAACP. I probably got that wrong, but yeah, for like legal fees and that kind of stuff. And I suppose that's all I can really talk about for now. <laughs> yeah, again, I, I, I don't want to push you and cause an accidental NDA break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, was it, yeah, no, we'll make sure that the D&D uh, BLM's Twitter handle is, is somewhere within the description as well for people to sort of follow and, and stay yeah. up to date with all that information. Um, th wow, no, in incredible and stuff like that. And, and being involved in the Arcadia project, that's got, it's because mm. it's being edited or like the lead editor is not lead editor. Um, 
The person uh, in charge is um, James. Yeah, James is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Again, I think I've 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 proven to you in, over the course of an hour the fact that if people has a if people have a title, I don't know what to call that title. If you know, if they are workshop applicants, I'm going to call them minions. If, <laughs> if they are the leaders of a magazine, I will call them lead editors. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, I'll be honest. At this point, it's a talent um, that I. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, 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 I'm curious. And is that so? Uh, do, uh, yeah, I, it was. I imagine that was something that you were kind of approached about. Yeah, that was definitely really interesting. That like I am at the stage in my life where I can just open my emails one day and be like, "Hey, do you want to work on this?" And I'd be like, "Of course I do." But like me, <laughs> who, who gave you this email? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who referred you? Where did you come from? And yeah, and 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 then I imagine yeah, that, that leads to a, a, a plethora of exciting, mm. exciting NDA, NDA projects. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And like, I I can't wait for some of my you know NDA projects to like be released and into the world, so I can actually talk about them. I think if it's like it's, I, I imagine it's very similar to like I've, I've, the amount of tweets I've seen of like uh, people tweeting, "Oh hey, I, I worked on this thing. Turns out it's now public knowledge." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like oh like, wait. I don't, you like I said, I, I I imagine obviously the process is very much like obviously you submit your application and it goes away and stuff like that. But I, I always thought you know they might have been in the loop of like saying oh there's going to be the public announcement this day, and it's like they always seem like I don't know the the freelancers and the the, uh, the the tabletop public they always seem surprised by announcements of projects that they're involved in. <laughs> it's like oh uh, well, I didn't didn't even know this was a thing that I did. Um, yeah. yeah, really. <laughs> Sorry, that's a, that's some observational comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as I say, well, um, Traz and uh, Alison, thank you so much for taking uh, the time. Uh, as I say, uh, final thing before we kind of go and stuff like that is, is yeah, if people do want to stay up to date with everything you're doing, um, would you like to plug some of your social media handles? And Yeah, uh, um, I am a Drazilian on Twitter, and that's basically where, where I am most of the time, unless you're on Discord, which the only way to access me on Discord is to be in a Discord with me, so... yeah. Good luck. <laughs> so yeah, you can find me on, on Twitter at Dazillion, and there are all of my links and stuff for other things there. So, but like, that's basically where you can find me the most. You, if you want to look at my Itchio stuff, I'm Dazillion on Itchio as well. And uh, I guess if you want to look at my DM skill stuff, just write in Alison Huang in the search bar, and you'll find me there as well. But you know. <laughs> At the very least, always what I do is in the description, I always have like a link to people's DMs Guild profiles mm. just because it's the Dungeon Masters Guild house. Um, yeah, but no, yeah, we can, we can throw in a link to your website to get, you know, get, get, get let people find all, all your, you know, amazing games because again, it's yeah. a case of like, there are, funny enough, there's, there's plenty of other games out there that you should, you should, be, <laughs> you should go and give a go. Yeah, um, but I am easily findable. <laughs> it's, no, it's good. It's good. I, I, I suffered from the case of like, you know, um, when I first started on the internet. Uh, not finding my brand mm. and 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 uh, it's a case of like do I want to be known as, as I think was it Matt Chow was was my thing that I kind of went with and I was like you know what? I went through a phase where I was like you know no no it's it's Mr. Matt Chow now um, <laughs> but I'm glad that I'm just I've 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 whipped me rights that's you know that, that's what I'm going with and that, that's kind of what I'm going to stick with um, <laughs> but yeah no again thank you so much for taking the time this has been an absolute absolute blast it's um, no problems yeah um yeah, I've, I've been Matthew Whippy. Um, you can find me at you can find me at Whippy Wright. I've got my branding <laughs> down. Um, and uh, yeah, be sure to sort of tune in next week. Um, 
because I'm quickly approaching episode 52 and I can't believe I've been doing oh. this for a year. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's, <laughs> I'm going to have to get a cake or something. Um, <laughs> but uh, before worrying about cakes or anything like that, uh, my very final question then is, um, how do we end a podcast? <laughs>